Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to talk about, actually we're beginning a series on relationship myths. So from time to time, we're going to explore a popular myth about relationship. And there's one that I'm seeing a lot of right now. It's the myth of no time. Dun, dun, dun. I can't tell you how many people I'm working with don't have time to do the work. They're so busy managing every other aspect of their life. They've got so many things going on that they're having trouble like just showing up. They want to do the work, but they don't want to do it enough to show up. Or I get people who are showing up and they're constantly doing other things. Like one person in a couple will speaking and the other one will be off to the side. And you know that what's happening off to the side is that they're looking at their phone, they're texting, right? Because they just don't have time. And so they're trying to multitask. They're trying to get many things done during the time they're supposed to be investing in their relationship. And what's amazing to me is their partner often doesn't have anything to say about it unless I bring it up. And so I thought, I'm going to call this out in public, this myth that there is no time. You know, and the basis of this being a myth is the same excuse that people make. People say there are 24 hours in a day, six or maybe eight of those, if you're lucky, are for sleep. So how many does that leave? So of course there's no time because there's so much. Don't you know there's a pandemic going on? Don't you know that my business is in crisis? Don't you know that I just quit my job because I hated my boss and I wasn't making enough money? Don't you know? that I'm spending all my time trying to keep my kids in school with all this nonsense going on. I just don't know what to do. My kids are behind because they are out of school for the last six months last year. And I don't know how to catch them up. There's no time. Well, I'm here to tell you there is time. It's not that there's not enough time. It's that we're not using our time well. So first, let's talk about some of the excuses that come up around no time besides all those that I just spun off. The first is we're just surviving or there's a crisis going on, right? A lot, for a lot of us right now, the crisis going on thing has been going on for two, two years almost. You know, and we're going into our third year of crisis and the crisis keeps shifting and changing. And we are rea in reaction to it. Uh, you know, when we're in survival mind, we are in reaction to what's going on outside of ourselves. And when we're in reaction, we feel like we're on the ropes. And so, of course, we feel like there's no time because there's, there's just, we're just trying to keep food on the table and keep everything moving forward. Or another version of this is, I'm having trouble keeping all the balls in the air. I wish I had some juggling balls here. I actually do have some, but I'm not going to go get them. If you've ever tried to juggle, and I play with this from time to time, keeping all the balls in the air is a little bit of a challenge. And if you're really good at it, the next thing is, you're got, what do you want to do? You want to add another ball in, right? So, And when you're learning to juggle, actually what you do is you start with one ball, just popping it on the palm of your hand, and then you do two balls with two hands, and then you add in a third ball. And being human beings, we're always adding in more balls. So of course we never have time because we're adding in new balls all the time. And then the third reason is I'm overwhelmed. I'm just so overwhelmed. 
the government, uh, you know, if you're a Democrat, you know, you're recovering from the horrible fiasco that was the Trump administration. And oh my God, these people trying to steal voting rights and da, 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 da. And some of that may be real, by the way. And if you're a Republican, you can't believe this Biden guy. Oh, he says stuff like he's the, gonna, the best thing that's happened since sliced bread. He's done more in this short time he's been in office than any president before him. Or if you're really a, an anti-Biden guy, you think, oh my God, this old fool is going to die or they're going to take him down because he's senile. And then Harris is going to be in office and they're going to, she wants to take away my right to bear arms and so many other rights, right? No matter what side you fall on right now, you're going to feel pretty overwhelmed. Or if it's not about politics, it might be just about the economy. <gasps> it's inflation. I need to make more because they're charging me more or whatever else you got going on, right? These are all things that add to, there's no time. I'm too busy. So what does all this really mean? And I want to be clear, I am not negating that some of us are surviving. I am not negating that there is a crisis. I am not negating that it's hard to keep all the balls in the air. And I am not negating that we are overwhelmed. I am not negating that there were problems with the last president or problems with the current president. I am not negating any of these things. These are all valid concerns. The real problem though, is that we are allowing these things to stack up and overwhelm us. The real problem is that we have a tendency to react to things that appear urgent. I, make, I think I've talked about this before. There's something called, I think it's called the Eisenhower grid. President Eisenhower was a very organized dude. Um, and he, President Eisenhower had four quadrants that he worked with in life. And they had to do with what's urgent and what's important and what's not urgent and what's not important. And so the way that he did this was he created a grid and across the top, he wrote urgent and not urgent. And down the side, he wrote important and not important, which is what I'm doing right now. For those of you who are on the blog, if you're on the blog, you can't see it. And he made a grid out of that. And so basically, things would fall into four categories, urgent and important, urgent, uh, not urgent and important, or they'd fall into urgent and not important and not urgent and not important. And the problem for most of us is that we often are responding to things that are urgent having trouble pointing to the right box for those of you who are watching and not important right so what could possibly be urgent and not important well certainly our concerns about politics are important but can we do anything about them there's not much we can do about them directly so if we can't respond to them directly how important is it really if it's something we can't actually act on 
Or how urgent is it really, maybe the question. If something we can't act on, it's either not that important or it's not that urgent for us because we can't do much, but we get, they tend to get all excited about it. Or sometimes we get excited about things that are urgent and important, like your child's having a problem in school, that's definitely urgent and important. It's your child, it's important. It's something you can address now directly. Sometimes we get upset about things that are not important and not urgent. Why do we do that? Sometimes we get upset about things that are not important and not urgent because it's something that maybe we feel in control of or we can manage directly, but it really doesn't have a lot of value. What would an example be? Uh, I used to drive my gas tank down to near empty all the time. And every now and then I'd run out of gas and I'd be so excited when I got the car going again. And I feel like, wow, I got, I've got control, right? That was like a, a little mind game I played with myself. And there are thousands of these out there, not urgent, not important. Um, or sometimes we get involved with things that are, or, or, or maybe we don't get involved with things that are important, but not urgent. And actually, this is the category where most people do drop the ball. Important but not urgent would be exercise. Exercise is shown to reduce stress and to increase our longevity. Does it make a big impact on our day, to, on our day experience? It might reduce stress a little bit in the day, but there are many things that are urgent and important or urgent and not important that might outweigh the important but not urgent things. And so thinking about life in the Eisenhower quadrant is going to help us to prioritize them. We need to prioritize our lives so that we are doing the things that are important always. Even if they're not urgent, they need to be done. The important needs to always outweigh the not important. So instead of driving around with your tank almost empty, you know, fill it up so that you don't have to worry about that. Or instead of getting all worried about politics, when you have limited influence, focus your attention somewhere else. Focus your attention on, are you taking care of your body? Are you taking care of your, your emotional state? Are you developing your intellect? How, how's your connection to other people? What spiritual, spirituality do you have growing? Spirituality is connection to the outside. How's your sense of mission today? How much work are you doing on your values? Hey, where is your EQ or intellectual, excuse me, emotional intelligence? You know, these are all things that are important, but not always urgent that we can be focusing on. And those things often actually need to be prioritized first, because when we take care of ourselves, guess what? We have more energy. When we take care of ourselves, guess what? We have more mental clarity. When we take care of ourselves and we're connected to other people, we have more support in our life. Guess what? When we do the things that are important but not urgent, we have more resources to deal with the things that are important and urgent. All right. And so the excuse of I don't have time is there's no time because we're so busy running around doing things that are urgent and important or urgent and not important. So if we get rid of urgent and not important and we bring in important but not urgent, not only do we have more time, but we've got more energy. So you can go out and reprioritize your life just based on that. Sometimes the problem is that our values are out of alignment. 
maybe we've decided that our value of being productive and working and growing our business is more important than showing up for our kids or for our loved one, our partner. You know, in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people came to me with this problem. I'm so busy working that I don't have time to take care of my kids, much less take care of myself. And when they realigned their values and reprioritized, when their value became, if I can take care of myself first, then I have more energy for everything else, then they move themselves to the top. The exercise first thing, they had that miracle morning where they got up early and exercised and did their spiritual practices and all the things that made their inner machine move more efficiently. And then they valued their marriage or their partnership second. Why? Because their partner could help them. Their partner could help with the kids. Their partner, scheduling with their partner was part of the work problem. So by changing their values, me first, partnership second, kids third, by knowing that their kids were being well cared for, then they could really be efficient at work instead of scrambling all the time at work. So by reprioritizing their values and realigning their values with their partner, they were actually able to get more done because they had, they had better efficiency in their management of their time. They had help with their time. They had uh, clarity of what needed to be done first. They knew what needed to be done today and what could be put off until the next day or even the next week. Or a third problem is maybe you're out of touch with your sense of purpose or mission or vision. You know, the great resignation is still going on. Why? because people are dissatisfied with work. Why? They don't feel they're getting paid enough. So they're, they're not progressing their lifestyle in the way they want to, or like what kind of place they want. I don't mean just their clothes, but what kind of place do they want to live in? What kind of car do they want to have? What kind of time do they want to have? Uh, they might feel that if they're not being paid enough, they can't create the time that they, they can't get the machinery in place to make their life more efficient. Or maybe they just don't feel appreciated. You know, people are resigning from work because they're developing new interests and they want to have time. So this is a case of they're quitting their job so that they can have time for the things they're really interested in. You know, that's because they're getting clear on their mission or their vision or their purpose. So when we have clarity, clarity about our vision, our purpose, our sense of what's the thing that I'm best suited for, what's most fulfilling for me, how can I help other people the most by delivering all of who I am and therefore help myself? And when I'm helping other people, that flows back to me, right? It's, it's a beautiful cycle. How can I do that? What's my sense of purpose? How can I make that a sense of my mission today? What's my mission in life? How do I want to impact those people with all of who I am? How can I create a vision for my life knowing what those things are? When you have those things in alignment, this thing of important and urgent and not important and not urgent gets really clear really fast. So here's what you can do if you're struggling with these things right now. If you really want to get your head back in the game of your relationship, which is really what I was talking about, but it's not just your relationship with your partner. It's your relationship with yourself. It's your relationship with your family. It's your relationship with your community. It's your relationship with your workplace. It's your relationship with 
your lifestyle, it's your financial, your relationship with your finances, which makes a lot of that happen. If you want to get back in touch with all these aspects of relationship, here's what you can do. Number one, you want to reevaluate, and reevaluating is grounded actually in feeling. Part of self care is making time to feel. A lot of what I have no time is about is avoiding feelings, avoiding feelings of fear, avoiding feelings of concern, avoiding feelings of being out of control, avoiding feelings of being in a vortex of things that we can't manage. Um, COVID, the government, uh, not being able to fulfill some of our social needs, all of that builds our anxiety and our fear. Carve out some time to have those feelings. It doesn't mean that you run around being an emotional mess. It means that maybe you spend a little time every day going, where am I emotionally? What is driving these feelings? What's the crisis that's going on that's driving these feelings? What am I really afraid of in that crisis? How is having this feeling helping me or hindering me in the crisis? Where would I like to be in relationship to that crisis? And when I'm there, how will I feel? Who will I be when I'm master of that crisis, when I have mastery over my life? What will it feel like? And the next step is start to move into that feeling. You know, Gandhi said, you need to be the change you want to see. If you want to see an end of a crisis, you need to be the person who does not live in crisis. Or if you're having trouble keeping all the balls in the air, go work your way through the feelings of that. Look at each ball and ask yourself, how do I feel in relationship to that? My work, how do I feel in relationship to my family? How do I feel in relationship to my parents? How do I feel in relationship to my siblings? How do I feel in relationship to my financial state? How do I feel in relationship to my sense of mission? How do I feel? about my values, am I really living my values? Where do I need to adjust that feeling? And again, how do I want to feel? What's the feeling I want to have? And how can I be that person who has that feelings? And the more you envision yourself doing that, the more you're gonna be able to do that. And the less overwhelm you're gonna experience. Overwhelm is the sense of, there's too much coming at me and I don't know how to organize it. Having the feelings, looking at it, taking the time to organize it, taking the time to work on your life, on your relationship, not just in your relationship. This is the key. If you're too busy working in your relationship or in your life, if you're too busy being responsive, being reactive, you can't or are not making the time to work on your life, work on your relationship. And when you work on it, when you look at how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? Where am I? Where do I want to be? How can I be that person who is in that place? You need to have the confidence that you will be the person who is in that place. By creating that compelling future, you're actually moving towards it. You need to know that it will come to be. Have the faith that will come to be any reality where you are expressing all of who you are to help the greater good is a reality that is possible and you will move towards. You need to have faith that that is how the universe works.
It's only when we take away from life that doors start to close. When we contribute all of who we are to all of life, doors open for us. Have faith that that is the life process. And the doors will open. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will open. As long as you're expressing all of you are or working towards that and contributing to the greater good without diminishing it, it's all yours. And your sense of overwhelm will be replaced with a sense of calm, with a sense of peace, with a sense of serenity, with the knowledge that you are moving towards your destiny, the place that you were made to be, and that you are moving towards it in a time frame that makes sense for you, that makes sense for your partner, that makes sense for your children, that makes sense for your extended family, that makes sense for your communities that you're a member of, that makes sense for your career, for your finance, for your lifestyle, for your, all the areas of your life that are valid. And if you're having trouble with this, it's all about support and help, right? Remember the couples that were, the people that were having trouble in the beginning of the pandemic, the first thing they did was they worked on themselves. The next thing they did was they secured their partnership so their partner could help them. And so having help is really important. And if you're having trouble connecting to your partner, reach out for help. If you're having trouble taking care of yourself, reach out for help. And I know tons of people direct message me, private message me. I would love to hear your thoughts on this myth and how we've addressed it. And I would love to hear what other myths you'd like us to address in the future here on Rich in Relationship. And as always, you can email me at rich, R-I-C-H, at richinrelationship.com. Just like it sounds, one word, R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P.com. And I'm happy to answer your questions and talk to you. Thank you so much and have a wonderful tomorrow.